0: Hello everybody, this is co-host Joe Garcia welcoming you to part 2 of 2 of the inaugural episode of Slam University, focused on none other than the immortal Hulk Hogan. Now this is part 2 of 2, so if you haven't heard the first episode, uh, go ahead and check that out uh, before you go on and continue with this. You'll find it in the same feed or uh, slamuni.com, wherever you might have found this episode, it'll be right behind it. So uh, go ahead and check that out. For everybody else, do enjoy the rest of the show. Ah, oh, man. Hulkster, baby. <laughs> uh, let's, let's talk about Thunder in Paradise a little bit. All man, right. Because <laughs> that, that was a hell of a show. I mean, not for, not for like, good reasons, but it was an interesting premise. <laughs> uh, in that it started as, like, a direct-to-video movie, kind of as a pilot for the series that would be Thunder in Paradise, where he was, like, <laughs> where he, he co-starred as one of two ex-Navy Seal bounty hunters, slash... Like mercenaries that kind of operated out of Florida and had this cool-ass boat named Thunder. It, w- um, it was a cool boat, actually. I, <laughs> and they just went on these wacky adventures, like taking down villains and criminals. It's like, okay.
1: <laughs> um, very weird show. And there was actually quite a few wrestlers who would appear on that show. Like, they had a uh, Tugboat on there at one point, Fro- Fred Ottoman. Yeah. Uh, they had Elegante, I think, at one point as well. And... Uh, Oh, and regularly, uh, Jimmy Hart and Brutus Beefcake and others would just appear as, like, background. Yeah. Like at parties or what have you, so. It was very much a, and I pointed this out with the Ed Leslie, but there were quite a few people that just made a strong living being friends of Hulk Hogan.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly, uh, I think, is that they, they, they taped a show, like, at, at Disney Studios or whatever in Florida. uh Pretty much right next door To where they were Taping a lot of uh, WCW shows Ooh Interestingly enough, Kind of right next door and, and People could just Kind of hop back and forth Like hey and, You know And this is the time When WCW was You know They were trying to Ramp up their 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 credit As a national promotion uh, You know Eric Bischoff Had just been hired uh, To kind of Bring it And kind of shed that, that, that Southern reputation That the company Had for so long
2: mm. uh,
0: And we I basically got the, the idea to sign Hogan uh, And it was pretty much as easy as Just going next door and saying uh, Hey uh, Want to hang out for a little bit? Talk talk, shop? See about you coming over here? And that's pretty much what happened mm. uh, Back in uh, in June On June 6, 1994 uh, I believe the Pro Wrestling Torch I, like, was, was like a weekly newsletter I think it still runs now mm. uh, Reported that Hogan agreed to sign A six month contract with WCW uh, that was good through the end of uh, 1994, uh, and I'd never actually looked into what it, what the contracts were like back then. Uh, so I looked looked it up. And they reported that man, he made a lot of money <laughs> in those six months. Do you have any idea what kind of money Hulk Hogan made? Oh God, uh,
1: I would imagine what 50 million.
0: Okay, that's not that's not get too out of five. okay, <laughs> <So, laughs> because um,
1: I've heard like Nash and company talk about it. It must have been at least a million.
0: Yeah, for like, for six months, mind you, like, he signed in June, and the deal was only good through December, like, he was guaranteed uh, $2.1 million for those six months, uh, with an additional $1.2 million, potentially, uh, depending on what kind of pay-per-view buys he would he would get, you know, WCW, uh, plus an undetermined amount for just merch, uh, so for six months, he was one of the most well-paid athletes uh, of that era, uh, it wasn't like Jordan, Michael Jordan money, who would make like $30 million just in endorsements, but... Uh, he was up there for sure. Oh yeah, uh, pretty crazy. Uh, and then of course they hold they hold that crazy parade for him. Uh,
1: yes, I was gonna I was gonna mention <laughs> this, the parade. A few days
0: later on June 11th at Disney World, where they have him right in on the red and yellow Viper, uh, and they have ticker tape, and it was a press conference, and the whole thing. It's just it's it's crazy thing to watch.
1: Oh yeah, they they made a big deal, and to be fair, it was a big deal. This yeah yeah, uh, so. Yeah. By the way, I didn't really uh, talk about it too much, but Hogan had really deflated at this point in time from how his physique used to look like back in the the golden age of his career.
0: Yeah, he was fairly trim.
1: Oh yeah, like I remember, I think Jr. making a comment at King of the Ring that Hogan that Hogan did this to focus on speed for his match with Yokozuna.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's more to do with. Uh... The bulkier physique being a little less conducive to TV, I guess, maybe, probably. Mm. Like, it would make more sense as a like uh, as a TV lead or something. I don't know. Well,
1: I was thinking just because he was cut off on steroids now.
0: Also, that probably. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's
0: actually probably more to do with anything. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct.
1: Oh, man. But, yeah, yeah. I, I rem- It was like a huge. It was also very surreal because just like Ric Flair being in WWF, Hulk Hogan on WCW, it just didn't compute for the longest time.
0: Yeah, he really didn't, and, um, yeah, like, so they have that big-ass parade, and it's crazy, just because it's, like,
1: they had- it's, like,
0: all right, yeah, it's, like, Hulk Hogan,
1: WCW, okay. And they had, like, Mr. T and Shaq were there, too, I think, like... <laughs> yeah, uh, so so that was, that happened, for sure. Um, and, of course,
0: WCW doesn't waste any time, uh, you know, he gets on Saturday night, uh, WCW Saturday night, and uh, he... And WCW does exactly what <laughs> WWF should have done two years ago, uh, WrestleMania 8, and books his first match against Ric Flair yeah, at like, Bash of the Beach, 1994. It's like, of course. why? That's It's so obvious. Why wouldn't you do that? <laughs>
1: yeah, it's like uh, the uh, promotion for it actually started even before the Tinker Tape Parade, because like, they started yeah. rumors on the show that Hogan was signing, and they even did, a uh, in the WCW magazine, they did a... Uh, top five greatest wrestlers, top whatever, greatest wrestlers of all time. Ric Flair came in number two. Number one was Hulk Hogan, who wasn't in the company, and I'm using that <laughs> quotes. Yeah. And Ric Flair cut this very angry, amazing promo about how that was crap.
0: <laughs> yeah, interestingly, uh, like like Mean Gene had gone over to the, the Thunder in Paradise set uh, in March of 94, just to talk to Hogan on camera for WCW TV, which is weird. Mm. Um, you know, just kind of talking, and then, <laughs> and then uh, Bobby the Brain and and uh, yeah, Bobby the Brain Heenan just kind of pops up out of nowhere. Uh, you know, annoys Mean and Gene as he does, mm. uh, and then he, he asks Hogan about the unfinished business that he has, and they're like, "What the hell are you talking about?" It's like it's like, "Oh, are you talking about that cover on, on Pro Wrestling Illustrated with Ric Flair?" It's like, "Like, what are you?" What are you getting? at? it's like, oh, I don't know, just saying you got some unfinished business, Hogan, and just kind of walks off. It's like, okay. Uh, and then a few months later, he would sign with fucking WCW. It's like, okay, yeah. Hmm. So they like weirdly they sold those seeds even before he was officially signed with WCW.
1: <laughs> and that was really weird. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was very interesting. You know what? It was true because that whole feud with Ric Flair and WWF never got resolved. So yeah, yeah. I thought it was very clever.
0: <laughs> right. So um. So, yeah, like he signs, and they signed this contract on, on uh, Saturday night, uh, which is like June, which one, the, the June 25th show, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, they ch- they, they touted it as a dream match, of course, because it is. Yeah. And it's great. Like, yeah. And they end up having this match at Bash of the Beach on July 17th. And uh, Hogan's WCW debut, uh, and of course, it's for the title, the WCW World Heavyweight Championship that Ric Flair has. And uh, of course, Hogan wins it. Uh, because, why wouldn't you do that? -hmm. I guess.
2: Um,
0: But, I mean, the match itself is alright. I watched it uh, not too long ago, and it's it's entertaining because, you know, Ric Flair, he's he's healing it up as perfectly as Ric Flair has ever healed up any match. Uh, And, you know, Hogan gets to do his thing where he does, you know, know the thing. (laughs) The whole Hogan routine. Hogan, do the Uh, thing. Yeah, Hogan does the thing that he does, and, uh, like, it ends up being an entertaining match, even though it's, it's crazy that he would win. Like his debut match would be a title match that he would win in fifteen minutes.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. But, oh yeah. I mean, both guys. At the end of the day, Hogan's a legend, and so is Ric Flair. I mean, yeah. And granted, there was a lot of, lot of expectation. I thought they matched it quite well.
0: Yeah. Like like the crowd is going absolutely nuts uh, mm. as Hogan comes down the ramp. Uh, people are yeah, people are just losing their minds because they're like, holy crap, this act, this is actually finally really happening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, like that could have been, that could have been WrestleMania 8's main event, and it wasn't.
1: Um, it could have been, but, yeah, and it's crazy. Yeah, it, I can't believe it. I still can't believe it. <laughs> Thinking I, about it, I, I hope the commentary team was like was just making fun of Vince the whole time. It was like, why wouldn't you book this match? I mean, it's a no brainer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they
0: didn't do that, but you know, <laughs> but Heenan <laughs> Heenan's on commentary uh, with with Tony Schiavone, and he's just kind of like, like he like for as much he's still. Like his whole shake was hating Hogan from even way back in the AWA days. Like his entire career is hating Hogan, mm-hmm. uh, and they got to do that. He got to do that still over at Bash at the Beach. But at the end of the time, at the end of it, he's like, "That was that. That was still an amazing performance by both guys. They're both at the top of their game, uh, even though Ric Flair's like 45 at the time already." Still, <laughs> uh,
1: and it's amazing because he's gonna wrestle for another 20, 30 years.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um. But yeah, like it's it's a fine match to watch. It's it's a lot of fun, uh, especially just to see Bobby Heaton going crazy. It's like no, I basically saying I thought I got away with this when I left WWF. <laughs> 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 uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, of course, Hogan would retain the title for 15 solid months uh, at WCW, which still stands as the longest title reign in that company's history. Um, really, 15 months.
1: Wow, from I- his first day on. Holy smokes! You, yeah, I did not know that. I uh, I would have thought like like they would have had like maybe a freaking Pedro Morales or a Bruno San Martino style reign in the way way past. But oh uh, no! Wow. Okay. No. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, but I mean, as far as title reigns go, despite the length of the title reign, it's not. It's pretty underwhelming. I thought uh, because I mean, like he almost immediately beats Flair in another match in a career versus career. Uh title match at Halloween Havoc ninety four. Uh so he kind of like flirt leaves for a few months, so he's kinda of left to fight only like the butcher, his his buddy. <laughs> uh the Dungeon of Doom and you know, Vader, he's got some matches with Vader which are okay. Uh because Vader's awesome.
1: Oh yeah, uh, they they bu- and they built it up quite well too, as I remember. That like yeah. this is an actual physical threat to Hogan. So yeah. <laughs> uh but besides that, uh, not much going on for Hogan in those fifteen months. Mm. Uh
0: that he's championed, which is kind of like okay. Uh, he doesn't drop the title until Halloween having 1995, uh, when he faces off with uh, the giant Paul White. Hmm. Uh, I don't know if you remember this pay-per-view.
1: Yeah, but... is this the Yeti?
0: <laughs> uh, actually, I don't remember if the Yeti is involved at the end of it, but like it's a two-tiered thing where first they yeah, do... the monster the, truck's the, <laughs> on the roof. The sumo monster truck challenge, uh, like on top of <laughs> Where the shoves roof. him off the roof. <laughs> It's on, hey, it's on the roof of the building next to the Joe Louis Arena in Detroit, where they, where they were doing it. And then, you know, Hogan wins that, and, like... A thing that makes no sense to me whatsoever. They just—it's just two trucks pushing each other around for a while, uh, and then he beats him, and then Paul White gets mad that he beat him, and then they kind of struggle near the edge of the roof, and Hogan just kind of throws them off accidentally, uh, and that should be the end of Paul White forever. <laughs> that should be <laughs> the end
1: of the pay per view, right there. Yeah,
0: and you know Bobby Brain Heenan's like losing his mind. He's like, "What happened to Paul White? Are we having <laughs> so what's happening with this main event? What's happening?" Um... And he ends up coming out for his match.
1: Which, if you thought Hogan was bad, you know, Paul White, no soul, the fifty-story drop.
0: (laughs) Oh man! Um, So he somehow comes out to his for his match unharmed and defeats Hogan versus. You know, via disqualification, uh, which you know shouldn't, which should lead to you know not a title change. But it turns out that uh, Hogan's manager, Jimmy Hart, put in a clause in the match contract that allowed. Uh, the title of Change Hands, or for t- or for uh, for Hogan to lose the title via DQ. Uh, however, the title is vacated eight days later when it was determined that even though Hogan could lose the title via disqualification, Jimmy Hart neglected to put in the clause that said that <laughs> the Giant could win the title via disqualification. Wait, what? Yeah, it, look, man, I don't know. <laughs> it's dumb. It's real, real dumb. <laughs> uh, so the title is basically just vacant. Uh, and
1: while the this is and because Hogan. Hogan does not want to lose ever. That's what this all is.
0: Yeah, basically. So, I mean, that's how he loses his first title. Uh, <laughs> WCW via, via an outrageous technicality. Um, and, you know, then he ends up spending the rest of 1995 and early 1996 just kind of bouncing between feuds uh, with the giant. Uh, he teams with Macho Man. They become the Monster Maniacs for a little while. Mm. They fight against Blair, Arn Anderson, Kevin Sullivan. uh Basically, uh, the Four Horsemen and, and others.
1: Uh, this is, is this when they got, then become the alliance to end uh, Hulkamania with Arn and Ric Flair? <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, There's a famous stable that doesn't get talked about enough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, man. And, uh, yeah, as this goes on, Hogan spends less and less time on WCW TV. Uh, and pretty much for three straight months, uh, between April of 1996 until he finally returns at Bash at the Beach 1996 Mm. and during these three months you know uh, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash had come from WWF as the outsiders you know they were just running roughshod through WCW uh, and they had this match against uh, basically set up for uh, for Bash at the Beach in nineteen ninety six against the defenders of WCW uh, where uh, Holland Nash would have a mystery third partner, and they come out just the two of them, uh, you know, for this match, and they're like, "Where's the, like?" And they're like, "Oh, we don't need our third guy yet. He'll come when we need, whenever we need him."
1: And, and the defenders, which were chosen, I believe, by a roulette wheel, ended up... Being- <laughs> yeah, by lottery. You're like, you'd think
0: you'd just choose your best guys, but whatever.
1: Uh, well, I think it was, like, down to these three guys and then Mod- then Flair and Arn, so it was, like, a good crop. But anyway, it, was- it ended up being Sting, Lex Luger, and Macho Man Randy mm-hmm. Savage.
0: Yeah. And, um, yeah, like, so they basically just... <laughs> Who did they take out at the beginning of that match? I forget.
1: They took out Luger at the beginning. The
0: yeah, match. yeah. Luger basically just does, is a complete total
1: non-factor <laughs> the entire time. Uh, they're like, oh! oh! I love the sound he makes when he gets hit, by the way. It sounds just like that. <laughs> 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 right. But, yeah, they they take him out, and he's stretchered out, so now it's a two-on-two again.
0: Yeah, and people, and, like, they're clamoring. they like clamoring, like, we need a new, a new third guy, because the, when, the, when the outsider's third guy comes, they're going to be at a disadvantage. Uh, um, and, you know, they just start wailing on Sting and, uh, and uh, and Macho Man, and eventually Hulk Hogan comes out, and people you know after three months absence from for basically, uh, and people assume that oh yeah
1: he's gonna come rescue Macho Man as he's done so many times before. So I will say this, Bobby the Brain Heenan, who must have been drunk on this day, kind of gives it away because <laughs> he does say as Hogan's coming down, but whose side is he on? And like, shut up! <laughs> 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 so he comes uh. down. You're supposed to be thinking, "Oh, great!" That the superhero Hogan, who hasn't been a heel, si- what, what year is this right now? Like 1996. 1996. So, he hasn't been a heel since like '79. For Christ's sakes, <laughs> comes down. You expect him to help, but no, he drops a leg on Savage. Yeah, like he just kind of looks around. Like he kind of first he
0: chases Nash and, and haul out of the ring, basically. Yeah. Uh, to kind of sell the idea of him. Rescuing
1: Savage, but then he just kind of looks at the crowd <laughs> and just fucking it just legs him. Just legs him twice. And gives him the gives Hull Nash the thumbs up and the beatdown continues and Yeah.
0: Like the match is technically a no contest, but you know, of course, you know, they pin Macho Man and, and they count unofficially or whatever, but it's like man, that is like it's still one of the craziest like turns, uh like just the craziest one of the craziest events in wrestling history.
1: It's one of those wrestling events like you remember. What you were doing, where you were when Hulk Hogan turned heel, or when this event happened, like yeah, it's etched in your memory. Like the closest thing I think of when the day comes that John Cena finally turns heel, I can imagine
0: <laughs> it being the same thing. Yeah, I mean, as you watch Hogan walk out too uh, during that time, you can tell he's like nervous about the idea of turning. Mm. Uh, like he's got like I like he's got this nervous look on him that I've never seen him have. Uh, <laughs> like just the idea of turning, I guess, is like apparently. Uh, like, he had to be convinced that, about turning heel, like, apparently, uh, like, Eric Bischoff, uh, had to convince him, even though Hogan says that he'd been wanting to turn heel forever, like, like, on that podcast, I think, with, with with Jericho, he said that he wanted to turn heel after WrestleMania 6 or whatever, yeah, um, (laughs) like, I think the way he tells it to Jericho, he's like, I wanted to turn heel after WrestleMania 6. Uh, or the day after, and show up on Raw the next day. It's like, Rod wasn't a show for three years later, but whatever you say, Hogan. <laughs> um,
1: Would have been prime time wrestling, but yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, But yeah, like basically, this is the heel turn that Hogan claims that he, he wanted all this time. Yeah, um,
1: and I can understand his hesitance, because uh, keep in mind, when you turn heel, your merchandise sales go in the toilet, because people don't like you, and... For most people, like uh, a Curtis Axel turning heel, that's not that's a non-factor. But <laughs> when it's Hulk Hogan and you're making like millions on merchandise, that I can understand him being hesitant there. Right, but um, not that it yeah. mattered. But
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, and then him and Mean Gene have like one of the all-time great interviews too. Um, oh God, that interview just, afterwards. It was so good, just Mean Gene like, oh, like what the hell are you doing? It's like oh, like. Align yourself with this whole, <laughs> this this man Hall, this man Nash. <laughs> like, like look at all this crap in the ring. This is what's good. <laughs> it's just so good. Like, oh man, and the whole like, like I don't know, if, like I don't know if NWO is going to be like, like it all like you're listening to that promo. Like it almost sounds like he accidentally said New World Order of Wrestling, and it just happened mm-hmm. to be a cool thing that sounded awesome, mm-hmm. and that became the, the name of the group afterwards. <laughs> uh, but either way, just like Hogan, just like one of the best,
1: like one of the best. Some of the best make work he had ever done. Oh yeah, it's like, I did it for the charities. I held my head <laughs> high, and for that reception you you fans gave me, <laughs> you can stick it, brother.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and there's some truth to some of the things he did. He said too, because he, he like he's like oh, billionaire Ted promised me. Promise me, world class matches, brother. Uh, <laughs> and like for the first two years, like he's kind of right. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you know, fighting the Dungeon of Doom uh, isn't exactly super great.
1: I mean, I remember one match. He literally went over every single heel with Macho Man, but still, I mean, like in the company, like yeah. Oh god, but uh, yeah, it was tremendous mic work, and this is when there was passion in there. Like you could see people were throwing garbage in the ring. They were so pissed. They're like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it'll live on forever and it was the beginning of what could potentially is the greatest stable of all time arguably anyway
0: yeah the uh, new world order as it were the nwo i still have a t-shirt uh, <laughs> oh man and uh you know he'd call himself hollywood hulk hogan from then on, on then on from that point on yeah and uh,
1: his, his uh, repertoire really changed too like He wasn't like, you know, I'm going to come get you brawler type. He was a cowardly chicken shit. (laughs) Yeah. Begging. Yeah, instead of hulking up, he'd beg. (laughs) Beg for your mercy. (laughs) He builds up to
0: begging. (laughs) (laughs) It was the opposite. (laughs) Oh,
1: and, you know, he grew. Instead of the trademark look, he got all black. He came out to Voodoo Child, which is still one of my favorite uh, songs thanks to this period.
0: Yeah, and, uh, you
1: know, you get, he grew a beard that he dyed black. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, everyone kicked out of the leg drop at this time period. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's amazing. Like, everyone started, like, picking on the leg drop. Like, they just realized how stupid of a finisher it was. <laughs> <I guess>. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, he was, like, on f- he, he was an amazing heel. I, I don't think he gets enough credit for the work he did as a heel at this period because people mm-hmm. hated him.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, from there, he would go on to uh, he'd win the the, the the title again from the giant at the following month's pay per view at Hog Wild oh, in 1996. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, after he wins uh, the Booty Man again, your boy, <laughs> he comes into the ring. Uh, you know, Hogan calls him his best friend. He brings him like a birthday cake and a, and a present. Uh, Hogan says, oh, it's my best friend, and then he, he kind of turns to Hollow Nash and just says, get him, and they beat the crap out of him. <laughs> uh, and he opens a present, turns out to be a black, like, you know, the, the spray the spray paint. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he spray paints the NWO on the big gold belt, declaring himself the NWO World Heavyweight Champion. Oh, yeah.
1: uh, and that NWO, quote-unquote, world title is uh, still quite popular. It pops up in the video games uh, from time to time. That <laughs> yeah, belt. like
0: it was, it was in... It was in uh, WCW, NWO Revenge, even, uh, as one of the title belts.
1: Oh, yeah. It's uh, quite a, and still to this day in the 2K, uh, WWE 2K video game. So, yeah, it's a, I I hate to say it because it's just the big gold belt with spray paint on it, but it's quite an iconic title now. (laughs) I know, like, I love and hate
0: that title. Like, I love the idea of, like, vandalizing something, like, as a, as a you know, as a revolutionary thing or whatever, like anti-authority. At the same time, I was like, ah, oh, man, but that's – I love that belt so much. Don't do that to that belt. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like – it was pretty much perfect in terms of that.
1: Yeah, and uh, I, I give Hogan a lot of credit for his heel work because, while well, Hall and Nash, I would argue, were considered cool heels, meaning – I never really booed Hall and Nash. I loved Hall and Nash. Like – I loved them and everything they would do, but you know when Hogan came on the screen, I hated his guts, man. I, oh, wanted, yeah. I wanted him to die. <laughs> <laughs> and most people probably would, because for five hundred of the next five
0: hundred of the next five hundred and five days, Hogan would hold on to that title. Uh, it was only interrupted by a five-day break in which he lost the title and then regained it from Lex Luger. Luger,
1: yeah, I remember yeah, that.
0: Yeah, he lost it on Nitro on August fourth, nineteen ninety-seven, and then regained it at Road Wild.
1: Uh, the pay-per-view on August 9th. That was, once again, some famous uh, work by Hogan, because Lex Luger, believe it or not, at the time, was really over. Like, huge. Yeah. He was like the savior of WCW, and the plan was for him to win it at Hogwile. Mm-hmm. But Hogan actually coaxed him, hey, let's just have him win on the Nitro. And <laughs> yeah, like that's, like, that's, almost as, that's as impactful, right? Yeah. You know? And, of course, they went along with it, and afterwards, once again, suffering from the Hogan effect, uh, Lex Luger was never really the same after that.
0: No, no, yeah. no. I mean, not, of, not a lot of people, like as you said, not a lot of people were the same after Hogan came with the shenanigans.
1: Oh, yeah, and at this point, the NWO, which started really strong with just the f- three members, and mm-hmm. they would get more and more, and that was sort of like the joy of the angle, you know, like, who is going to join them next, and eventually it got to a point where literally it felt like half the company was in <laughs> Right. Uh, yeah, and that's kind of that's really what happened. They, you know, there's this
0: prolonged period where Hogan held the title. Um, you know, not only were they recruiting members and just beating everybody's ass, but you know, there was that point where like, is Sting gonna be part of the NWO? Um, and he ends up just kind of leaving for for over a year uh, as they kind of wonder whether or not it's gonna be Sting or not uh, as part of the NWO. Like, there's this before he leave, right before he leaves, there's this part where where they recruit like a fake Sting, the NWO Sting. Uh, Mm. uh, fake sting actually had a huge career in japan by the way (laughs) yeah i forget what his name is but it's like it was literally
1: fake sting (laughs) (laughs)
0: uh like they like they fool everybody to think that sting is is part of the nwo like somehow he tricks his best friend like somehow his best friend lex luger uh doesn't recognize that that's not his best friend <laughs> just in different makeup or whatever
1: oh, oh yeah i'll never forget it was actually at war games and uh, mm-hmm. you know, the teams were luger and sting and flair and anderson versus hollywood and uh, the nwo and uh, they pulled this massive con where they had they were playing mind games with them saying sting had already joined us and uh, luger chased uh hogan down or one of them to a limo and out from the other side pops out fake Sting, which the way they shot it and from the rain and all that, it looked like real Sting. Yeah. And, and then he starts attacking Luger. And at that point, and granted, this sort of makes Luger look like an idiot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Like that's like Sting is your best friend, isn't he? Like how much do you not recognize him? That's not him.
1: <laughs> and what, what's even funnier is, uh, they had a similar angle with Luger, where they were que- where Sting was questioning him being on his side, and Luger, you know, proved to be on his side, so that he let it go. And now here's Sting, <laughs> now him <laughs> questioning Sting. So that's
0: oh man. Uh, so after that, he just kind of disappears for like a year, and he just kind of pops in and out of re- like in vignettes or whatever. He's just kind of in the rafters and just kind of showing up randomly. Oh, yeah. This uh, was
1: the end of Surfer Sting. It was- yeah,
0: for sure. Um, Like he becomes more like his hair gets longer as time goes on. Like he gets the crow makeup. It's it's all super cool stuff. Yeah. Um, But meanwhile, you know, obviously Hogan can't feud the rafters. (laughs) So like meanwhile, (laughs) so meanwhile he's just kind of hanging out with Dennis Rodman uh, for reasons known only to Dennis Rodman when he should be practicing with the Bulls for the 1997 NBA Finals uh, in July. But um, yeah, he'd also feud with like Lex Luger and, and Roddy Piper. Uh, while Sting kind of pops up randomly at times, and uh, yeah, eventually it all culminates in into that match at our uh, 1997, when, when Sting finally makes his actual in-ring return. Um, at that point, uh, build as like the biggest event in the company's history, and you can make an argument that yeah, it's probably bigger than that Flair Hogan match a few years ago.
1: Oh yeah, uh, it was literally like a y- one or two years of build.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because, like, 15 months or something, where, like, Sting wasn't even wrestling. It's like, he's the top piece of the company, uh, and you don't have him wrestle for over a year. That's bonkers to me. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. That's WCW doing its thing. Um, and, you know, this match in, in 1997, uh, like, as it's, it's cool as that build was, uh, it's really indicative of both Hogan's uh, politicking and WCW's just, like, getting out of hand with, like, yeah, everybody's got creative control except us. <laughs> um, because, you know, obviously, like, it's the easiest match, like, I, I read a thing a couple of days ago that popped up on, on up Rocks, uh like, the pro wrestling blog that they have there, uh, how they completely botched this thing uh, because, like, it's like, the, it should be the easiest match in the world to book, right? Like, the face comes back after over a year, it, it should be just, like, 15 minutes of wrestling and a clean finish for Sting. Hmm. But it's not. (laughs) Um, Like, Hogan beats Sting clean after, like, just clean, just beats him. One, two, three. And, like, out of nowhere, Bret Hart comes. Like, he'd just come off Survivor Series 97. He comes out of nowhere and just kind of complains and says, no, I don't like that. (laughs) And becomes the guest referee, uh, restarts the match, and then Sting wins. And, like, it's like, what? (laughs) It's like, why wasn't that? Like that was the easiest match in the world to book, and they did not. They did it in the most roundabout way, where nobody looked good.
1: Oh yeah, and well, I hate to keep blaming Hogan, but something like I keep—I have this feeling that he was supposed to do something. Like he was supposed to hit him with a foreign object or something like that, and while the referees' backs were turned, or I don't know, cheat like he'd been doing <laughs> for the last two months. Like he's been doing, but no, he's like, no, I'm just straight up and keep myself looking strong. Oh, man.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I don't understand what happened, because, I mean... Yeah, I mean, like I said, like, Sting was the biggest face by far in that company. Uh, like, during this time, like he, whenever he would show up on TV, like, he got some of the biggest pops you've ever heard in any arena.
1: Yeah, it's not unlike uh, how he's being used in WWE now.
0: Yeah, and, you know, he would show up and, like, everybody in the crowd would lose their mind like, oh, my God, Sting! Um, like, another thing that that article pointed out was that, you know, it's, like, WWE kind of Puts that aspect of the money in that war in the back burner, where like, like, WCW is getting its biggest ratings on Nitro. What's out? What's with Sting is its biggest face, and he wasn't even wrestling. <laughs> like they they don't point that out in the documentary. Yeah, he did not. Sting didn't wrestle on TV for years. Yeah, and they were still beating. <laughs> Nitro was still beating Raw. It's
1: like every once in a while he would like sneak into the ring and like Scorpion Death Drop somebody, but that was the best you got.
0: Yeah. And never,
1: never got a match.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I mean, all this considered, like this should have been an easy match. But like, yeah, fifteen minutes, Sting wins clean, boom, easy peasy, lemon squeezy, right? Mm-hmm. But no, super gimmicky match at the end. Of, like that's like whatever. Okay. <laughs> so um, yeah, he ends up losing. To, Hogan ends up losing to to Sting, um, and uh, yeah, that's how that worked. <laughs> So things, the champion for a little while. But on April 20th, 1998, mere months after that Starrcade match, uh, Hogan would win the title again. Uh, on Nitro, uh, a day after Randy Savage won the title at Spring Stampede against mm.
2: <laughs>
0: Oh, man. So, all that build-up, basically just a wet popcorn fart.
1: Yeah, all that, it, it killed it. And a lot of people will say, that's when this died. Like, that's when the WCW momentum died.
0: Yeah, like you just start seeing like how like not just Hogan being Hogan, but like WCW just having no idea how to actually run a promotion. Uh like the people up there just had no idea how to actually run the show.
1: And a lot a large part of it was a lot of the people, especially Hogan, Nash and Hall, they had creative control over their characters. Yeah. Like Hogan could literally say no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> oh man. Yeah, and then like another thing that happened was a few months, a couple months after that was July 6th in 1998 when when they would fill up the Georgia Dome uh, on Nitro, which is the still, which was the biggest crowd in WCW's history, like 41,000 people plus filling up the, the Georgia Dome to see uh, Hogan against Goldberg.
1: Oh yeah, I remember that. Which was like crazy. It was,
0: like, like, but the thing that didn't make sense is, like, why isn't this a pay-per-view match?
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: like, why aren't you filling up the Georgia Dome for, like, Starcade or something with this match? Oh, yeah, this would have made so much money. But, like, you- even Hogan was like, I don't understand why I'm doing this today, but whatever. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, yeah, Goldberg would win, but of course in, in in typical Hogan fashion, there were shenanigans, he was being distracted, like something distracted him outside, uh, which allowed him to get which allowed, you know, Goldberg to just come in and pummel him for a little while and jackhammer him. And <laughs> that was that. But, you know, Hogan being Hogan, of course he wouldn't just lose a straight match. Mm, no, no. no, Because that's not what Hogan does.
1: No, it's it's quite rare when he does it. Even when he was <laughs> heel and it had the best, uh, it made the most sense. It rarely happened.
0: Yeah. Um, and then after this, you know, the NWO starts splintering. Uh, you've got Hogan heading up NWO Hollywood, Kevin Nash. With NWO Wolfpack, uh, which is weird. Also, I just like yeah. this is when the things start going off the rails a bit.
1: Yeah, like the NWO White, which was the Hogan Group or mm-hmm. Hollywood. That it was like Steiner, Hogan, and most of the jobbers from the NWO. And while the Wolfpack had all the cool guys, it had Nash as the leader, Lex Luger, and Sting, who at this point joined them. Yeah, uh, and they're they're like the face group. Yeah, and I believe like Macho Man and uh, K Dog was in there because somebody needed to get pinned. And, <laughs> <laughs> so and uh, yeah, you know I, I really loved this group. They were like super cool because that that was the point of the group. Yeah, but, but yeah, it, it's at that point. Yeah, it started getting ridiculous when you had multiple NWOs. At this point, I mean,
0: <laughs> yeah, and and from that point, like Hogan spends the rest of 1998 just putting up some of the some of the worst. Like, some of the real... Like, just the very worst matches of his WCW run. It's just, like, really bad. Uh, like, at, at Bash of the Beach in 1998, uh, he would team up with Dennis Rodman again, uh, this time feuding against Carl Malone and Diamond Dallas Page, uh, which is just the real dog of a match. I don't know if you ever saw that, but, you know... Yeah,
1: the, the background on that is pretty interesting because, you know, on the DDP side of thing, him and Carl Malone got out great. They worked out all the time. Carl Malone was, like... Extremely prepared for the match at Mania, or Mania at uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the show, and then you have Hogan with Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman did not want to work out
0: ever. Yeah, so. like he, like he, like he was supposed to be practicing again with the Bulls in the finals because they because <laughs> again it's just like the year before the Bulls are in the finals uh, around this time. Like, shouldn't you be practicing over there, Dennis? <laughs> and you too, Carl, because you guys are fighting you. You guys are playing each other. The Jazz and the Bulls are playing each other. Those are their respective teams, and they're in the finals. And it's like, what are you guys doing here? (laughs) Um, Oh, gosh. So, yeah, that was that. Uh, Then the next month at Road Wild 98, he teamed up with Eric Bischoff to fight Jay
1: Leno and DDP. Which, it's one of those, you know, you take the good with the bad. I mean, on the bad side of it, you're seeing Jay Leno wrist lock Hulk Hogan. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, On the good side of it, that same shot of Jay Leno wrist locking Hulk Hogan appeared in every major newspaper and magazine <laughs> in the country, yeah, so it got mainstream attention and sure. all over the place, and including a nice little bit where they actually t- Hogan and Bischoff actually took over the Tonight show, yeah, like an actual episode you know it starts off with uh, Leno and Car- and the band being chased off by Hogan. And for a while, it's the NWO show. <laughs> <laughs> Up until oh, you know Leno comes back with DDP, and they chase him off. So, right? Uh, yeah, and the way that match ends is
0: with uh, with Bischoff or with Leno pinning Bischoff after interference from none other than Kevin Eubanks, the leader of that Tonight Show band. Oh yeah. Oh man, just it's like okay.
1: And I feel bad for Bischoff sometimes because he is a legit martial artist, but he is just betrayed. <laughs> Like, I remember they actually had a match between Vince and, uh, Vince McMahon and Eric Bischoff, where Bischoff just, like, is throwing these karate kicks that should be enough to shatter boards, but, you know, Vince, of course, no-sells. They're like, well, I have no effect. That has no effect (laughs) on me. I bought your company. (laughs) I know. Oh, man. Poor
0: Bischoff. Sometimes. Sometimes I feel bad for Eric Bischoff. Yeah, sometimes I do, too. (laughs) Sometimes. Um... And then, of course, probably the worst of all, though, was Halloween Havoc, nineteen ninety-eight, when he went in that match against uh, the man formerly known as the Ultimate Warrior, oh, Warrior at, at this time, uh, and just oh man, just what was supposed to be some sort of epic rematch of WrestleMania six, uh, which is like one of the worst matches probably in WCW. It, it went, it was so, it was botched to hell. Uh, like it, it ran like ten or fifteen minutes too long, so long that by the time the next match started, which is the actual main event. Between DDP and Goldberg, uh, the pay-per-view feed would cut off, because time was up, right as the match was about to start, uh, and that got people real mad. Uh, so on top of it just being a bad match, it was, it was bad to the detriment of pay-per-view viewers, <laughs> uh, which is a, a special honor, I think, for for bad matches, as far as that goes.
1: Oh, yeah, and Warrior... The history on that matchup is kind of weird, because according to this, Warrior was bought, brought on specifically for this match, Yeah, which begs the question, is... Is Hulk really that egotistical? Like, he couldn't let that loss go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, gosh. Yeah, like,
0: and he ends up, like, he ends up doing this thing with, like, some fireball or something that he tries to shoot at, at, at Warrior, but it just completely fails. It just kind of blows up in his hand, and they're like, what? What was that? <laughs> like, no one knows what's going on, and the match just ends,
1: finally, after, like, Way too long. <laughs> it was just dumb. Real bad. Yeah, and, so. and, and that's just it for Warrior. Like, that's it. <laughs> for Yeah, his... like, he just
0: shows up for a little while and it's like, all right.
1: He comes in and he, like, unbrainwashes the disciple and just leaves him, which is kind of a dick move on his part, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, so, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, this is, yeah, like, like, this is things we're spinning off the wheels here.
0: Yeah. Things start really. Like I said, it, it, things get off the road real fast at WCW. Uh, between October and December of 1998, uh, Hogan would only wrestle three times for the WCW. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, culminates in him announcing a kayfabe retirement on the Thanksgiving show uh, of The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, uh, saying that he's going to run for president. I don't know if you remember that.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I, th- uh, I think he said that in response to Jesse the Body Yeah, running for governor at the time. I think he won.
0: Yeah, election as governor. He just won election as governor of Minnesota, and like, so, him and Bischoff got the idea. It's like, let's get some of that attention on us and say that you're retiring to run for president in two years, I guess, because it's the year is 1998. You know,
1: like presidential elections
0: (laughs) are for another two years. What are you doing?
1: Uh, I'd vote for him just to to Uh, watch him no sell the other countries. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yep. <laughs> like North Korea would finally build a nuke and
0: and like hit Ohio, but Hulk would just start Hulking up. <laughs> like Hulk, two and a half million people are dead. Oh brother, what? <laughs> Hulk, we need you. <laughs> Go to the situation room. <laughs> what
1: what are you even talking about? I didn't feel a thing. Hulk. <laughs> Nukes are called the leg from that one. Like, <laughs> Drop the leg, brother. <laughs> oh god. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. So what happens next, buddy?
0: Well, very quickly, like a month and a half later, everybody forgets about all of that, (laughs) because on January 4th, he returns on air uh, for on-air action for the first time to face WCW champion Kevin Nash for the title. Uh, January 4th, 1999. This is uh, another large large crowd at the Georgia Dome, not as big as the first time, but still 38,000 people packed in there. Uh, And Hogan wins his fifth title, or his first uh, title with with the infamous finger poke of doom.
1: Oh gosh. Oh gosh indeed, Malcolm. Describe the finger poke of doom for the listeners, everybody. Uh well, it's it's a lot like what it sounds like.
0: <laughs> um Hogan comes, you know, returns to action after a little while. Uh you know, Nash's champion he kinda of goes in, they kind of they kind of punch each other for a little tiny bit, like ten seconds. Oh, or, not,
1: or... not even, not even. It's like literally, uh, Nash had just beat Goldberg the title the night before at their pay-per-view. That's when Hall takes. Oh, yeah, at, uh, at Starcade. And uh, the matchup, it was finally like the big the two leaders of the two NWOs facing each other, finally. They get in the ring. No punches are traded. You know, Hogan's in street clothes at this time, which should have been a clue, I guess. <laughs> and keep in mind, both these guys had creative control. So, no, no way either one of them was going to lose to the other in a match. So they came up with this, which Hogan took his finger out, poked Nash. Nash fell down. Hogan <laughs> covered him. One, two, three. Hogan gets his his uh, what what number title is this? This is his fifth title. Fifth title. And they get up. They all start celebrating. And it yeah, it just came off as a giant pile of bullshit. The entire time. yeah,
0: like the crowd is like losing their mind, booing. <laughs> um, it's you know. And it's a watershed show uh, in terms of the Monday Night War, uh, because, you know, obviously fans are pissed. Um, but, of course, it's also the day that, that Bischoff decided to spoil Raw, as he was already doing, uh, by telling that, that the taped episode of Raw that night would show Mankind winning the title. Oh, this was WWF. the episode. That was that episode, Malcolm. Oh, uh, man. and And 600,000 people changed the channel uh, to watch that instead. Uh, and when they flipped back, you know, Hogan was already triumphant. And they're like, oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> um, so that's what happened there. Uh, I looked up the ratings for these shows, um, and f- only three episodes for the remainder of Nitro's run would meet or exceed uh the rating that night. It was a 5.0 rating for Nitro that night, um, and only three more episodes ever would get that high rating. Wow!
1: Um, and as as bad as that seems, that's still twice the rating that Raws of today get yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> for sure um,
0: so yeah like just like that's like the old like one of the bigger moments in just like Hogan politicking uh, and just backstage politicking in general where it's like these giant egos just can't get along and for the sake of actually entertaining the people that they're paid to entertain it's like you know can you not do that please
1: so <laughs> can you put on a show so it's a fake title it's not yeah. even real just drop it <laughs> Like just do a just entertain people, just do that. Oh man, it's like and of. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. I was about to say Hulk is like the epitome of a, at this point he's the epitome of a guy who doesn't need the belt to draw. Yeah. Someone else could easily be champion, but he will never. He he won't let it go. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, it's just bad. <laughs> Yeah, it makes you appreciate guys like Cena, which don't me wrong. I still think he's a little too super Cena for my taste from time to time. But he'll job. Yeah, he, he'll lose clean. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it several times. It's like he'll, even with shenanigans, he'll drop. At least he'll drop it and let the guy have it for a while, and not win it the next night on Raw. Oh,
0: yeah, like hey, SummerSlam 2013. Remember that? 2013. Yeah, he 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 dropped the title clean in thirty minute match. Brian after, Danny Daniel Bryan, just a clean match, thirty minutes. Yeah,
1: Cena's
0: so, I mean, got that over
1: Hogan at least. Oh yeah, I mean th- there was there was no finger pokes, there was no freaking <laughs> flash bulbs exploding. No, he just running knee to the face. He dropped. G- yep. good for you. Yep. Um,
0: so after the finger poke of death, the three months between that and the uncensored pay per view. Uh, at, on March 14th, 1999, again, Hogan wrestles just three matches in that period. Uh, God. Or, yeah, and the, the fourth match being at Uncensored, he defeats, uh, or Flair defeats Hogan in the first blood steel cage match at the pay-per-view. Uh, but interestingly, this is when we kind of see shades of Hogan uh, returning back to his uh, yeah, turning we'll face that. again. Yeah, oh, okay. because uh, he starts hooking up in the middle of the match. Uh, something he hadn't done again in years since the he turned heel uh, and joined the N.W.O. So everyone's like, "Hmm, okay."
1: Yeah, it, was, uh, it was about yeah, so time for a change. Yeah,
0: it was because uh, that N.W.O. thing was uh, running its course a bit. Hmm. Um, although the next month and the next month's pay per view at spring, uh, spring Stampede in nineteen 19- and in April, uh, April eleventh, nineteen ninety nine, uh, Hogan would injure his knee, though. Uh, in a four corners match against DDP staying and flair, uh, after flair put him in a figure four leg, like, uh, around the ring post, uh, kind of hurt his knee for, for about three months. Uh, so put up, put the whole face turn thing, uh, on the back burner for a little while, uh, since, you know, Hogan couldn't move. <laughs> um, but on July 12th, uh, three months later, he would return to action as a face, uh, when he defeated none other than WCW champion, Randy Savage for a six and final title for the company, uh, once again, ending a one-day ra- one reign from the Macho Man. Uh, interestingly, uh, Macho Man's last two WCW reigns were each a day long, and they were each ended by Hulk Hogan.
1: How does that <sighs> make you feel there? And uh, tie that in with his first and only run as... Uh, well, no, okay. His first run as champion in WWF. I certainly understand why that rap album was made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean... The way they sold it to the crowd and everybody is that you know Hogan, like Hogan was going to return on that day, and everybody knew that. But Macho Man's like made a challenge to him for the title for some reason, uh, like immediately after winning uh, the day before, uh, like he'd won at the pay per view the day before, uh, and then he loses to Hogan after he challenges him. It's like what? <laughs> okay, so that's when Hogan gets his sixth and final WCW championship. Mm. Uh, and then following, then the following month, on uh, August 9th, 1999, there's a backstage segment with his son Nick, where, uh, where Nick asks him, where he's dressed, he's, Hogan's a face already, but he's, he's still dressing up in the black and white. Uh, and then his son says, why, why aren't you wearing the, the clothes that I packed for you, daddy? Something to that effect. And, you know, he pulls out the red and yellow tights. Mm. Uh, and when he comes out for his match, he's out in the classic red and yellow uh, from back in the day, and everybody loses their mind. They were just like, oh, man. Um, or at least everybody in the arena. Nobody else cares <laughs> outside of that. Uh, because unfortunately, uh, this incidentally, the same night that Chris Jericho de- debuts on WWF. Oh. Um, <laughs> and uh, Raw more than doubles Nitro's ratings that night with a 6.4 to
1: a 3.1. That And uh, that was an amazing debut, too.
0: Yeah, that was here in Chicago. Um, oh. But, yeah, so that so that what well, was supposed to be a big return to the red and yellow. Uh, nobody noticed because, <laughs> because uh, you know, WCW talent was leaving uh, and making awesome debuts and doing great things over in WWF. Um, so that's what happened there.
1: You know, it, by the way, it's kind of chilling. Like, uh, there was quite, actually quite a few segments with Nick who was called Nasty Nick back when he was like a little kid, appearing in backstage segments, even when Hogan was full-on heel. Mm-hmm. And just seeing that him grow up from this little boy and to the adult who would go on to do something messed up, it's kind of like how I – it's to some extent how I feel seeing uh, Mick Foley's daughter, Noelle, now as a yeah. young – as a young adult, because I, I first saw her in, like, Beyond the Mat as, like, a little tiny kid, and now she, here she is, is just as an adult, and like, it just makes me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> I think she just celebrated
0: her 21st birthday.
1: Oh, good lord. <laughs> <laughs> they grow up so fast. Indeed. Um, Go ahead. What happened next? I was about to ask.
0: Oh, all right. Um, well, Hogan would lose the title. Uh, for the last time on September 12th, 1999, against Sting over at Fall Brawl, um, hmm. which is interesting, but it only happened after Sting turned heel uh, by beating Hogan with a baseball bat uh, on that night, which I thought was interesting, because of course Hogan wouldn't lose it clean, and of course it would only happen with Sting turning heel. <laughs> it's like, why can't you just lose it to Sting? Just lose it to Sting, give it to Sting.
1: Oh, man. Oh, uh... <laughs> Man, now, uh, now we're getting to the era of stuff I was not aware of. Because well, uh, at a certain point, I stopped watching WCW.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's. I think that's the case with everybody, as these ratings numbers uh, imply. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is also around the time when Vince Russo was hired uh, by WCW. Uh, the following month, it was in October, uh, like October 6th or something, the first week of October, he comes over from WWF, uh, and that kind of marks the end of Hogan's... Uh, happiness over in WCW, even though he's never really happy as a human being because he's Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, like, like, right. I don't think, he, he's just kind of, like, unhappy with the direction of his character or something. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, it's it's completely bizarre. Like, it's, it's hard to find, like, actual concrete info because, like, on Halloween Havoc, that pay-per-view that year, uh, on October 24th, 1999, uh, Hogan comes out for his rematch with Sting at Halloween Havoc. Uh, like, his music plays and Hogan just, there's nowhere to be seen. And then Sting, like, and then Sting comes out. No, Sting comes out. Well, I forget who comes out first. But yeah, wait, no. Hogan's supposed to come out first. I'm sorry. I'm I'm all confused here. Hogan's supposed to come out first because he's the challenger. Uh, like, his music plays for a solid two minutes, and he's nowhere to be seen. And then finally Sting just comes out. You know, his music plays. And he comes out, and they play Hogan's music again. And he just comes out in street clothes. Like, says something to Sting and he just lays down and lets Sting pin him. Uh Hogan claims that Russo told him you know to take in a definite amount of time afterwards until he was needed again. Uh but yeah, like I'm not sure exactly what happened
1: uh for him to just lay down like that. That's uh, the storyline they had to or was it even a storyline? Was it like I'm going to say it was not a storyline. <laughs> uh like I
0: like I don't know what it was exactly. I, maybe Hogan was just unhappy about losing it to Sting at all. Mm. Uh the the previous month or something. I don't know. It's hard to get this like WCW was such a mess uh, back then uh, once Russo came in that it's hard to keep track of who actually did what and what what actually happened um, but all I know is that that wasn't supposed to happen <laughs> for sure, like he wasn't supposed to lay down uh, and just, like there was supposed to be a real match uh, cause like I, I watched this pay-per-view just last night just to watch to see this whole thing happen, like Sting comes out after the next match, which is a match between uh, Sid Vicious and Goldberg for the U.S. title. Like after they finish, Sting comes out to the ring and he just issues an open challenge to anybody and he's like, "I came here to fight, damn it!" <laughs> like like anybody at all. Just come find me. At the end of the pay per view, we'll fight. Uh, and then he fights Goldberg. Uh, Goldberg comes out like after winning the U.S. title from Sid Vicious, uh, and he beats him. Like like it's but it's such. It's so indicative of the disarray at WCW. Like he comes out. You know, Goldberg comes out. Um, but there's no ref in the ring. Like, everyone's just kind of looking around, and sing, like, walks up to the cameras, like, we need a ref. <laughs> it's like, a ref needs to be here for a match. Uh, so, Charles Anderson finally comes out, and, like, the announce, like, it, and clearly nobody's communicating anything to, to Shivani and he and the announce team, because uh, they're like, well, they're, like, this is the match, but it's probably, it's not for the title. Uh, like, no, it's, like, it's a title match. And then it's like, wait, Shivani's like, wait, nope, it is non-title. Uh, and then the match finishes, and, <laughs> and they announce Goldberg after he wins as the new world title holders. Everyone's like, "Well, I don't know what's happening anymore." <laughs> um, so nobody knows what's happening at WCW. It's it's, it's just a crazy time all around. Um, and you know, it was it was as simple as Hogan just showing up in his street clothes and just laying down uh, for three seconds for his thing to to pin him. Yeah.
1: So fun times over at WCW there. Like, I'm aware of something similar ha- happening with Hogan when he came back, but I had no idea that you know Hogan did something like this first. Oh, yeah. Um,
0: and, uh, yeah, like I said, this, this the tour de force of WCW Disarray on display over at Halloween Havoc 99. Wow. This how, crazy stuff. How long
1: was Hogan gone for?
0: Uh, after that? Yeah. Uh, he did not come back until Valentine's Day 2000 on Nitro. Wow. <laughs> so, that's how that happened. Um, and he, he wasn't, he isn't for WCW much longer after that, because that's when uh, Bash of the Beach, July 9th happened, 2000, uh, which would be the final time Hulk Hogan would appear on WCW-TV. Uh, I don't know if you're, you've probably seen this on the Monday Night War documentary. Oh, um, yeah.
1: It was, like, supposed to be uh, Hogan and versus Jarrett. Yes. But like, that, uh yeah.
0: Yeah, like Russo had written, you know, the show as being, you know, Jarrett being over Hogan. Retaining his title. Uh, Hogan apparently did not want that. And, and you know, they just... Basically just bickering between... Between Russo and, and Hogan. Uh, and then, you know, Russo end, end, ends up... Kind of begrudgingly just accepting... Hogan's... You know, creative control clause, basically. And Hogan claims that this is the first time... He'd, he'd ever use that control clause... At WCW. Which no. like, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> sure, whatever you say, Hogan. Um, yeah, like, so he just orders Jeff Jarrett, or Russo orders Jarrett to just lay down uh, for Hogan. And Hogan gets upset, ironically <laughs> enough. Uh, it's like, oh, you're upset that that guy laid down for you, huh? Okay. Uh, and then he kind of just storms off, saying that this is why the company's in, this, in the shape it's in. It's because of bullshit like this. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, bullshit like that, Hogan. Yep.
1: And- <laughs> uh Russo would come back later and cut a very scathing promo on mm-hmm. Hogan.
0: Which
1: yeah. apparently the major problem Hogan Hang had with it, he called him bald. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> like, that's the thing to get a foot. Um,
0: yeah, like, the whole thing is just really weird. Like, it's so hard to get this part of the story straight, also, even. Like, in the documentary on the Money Not Worth thing, uh, you know, it's it's kind of said that, you know, just Hogan refusing to. The job, basically but like like i'm digging it up like before that documentary was made uh before that series was made like russo would claim that like russo and Bischoff would claim that that was supposed to be part of the thing where where that exact thing was supposed to happen with Jarrett laying down and it just ho- the whole thing being a work uh with hogan coming back claiming that he was the title holder like several months later uh like oh i'm the real champion or whatever and to, like, fight whoever the eventual champion would be in, in his vacant stead or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. But apparently uh, Russo coming out was a shoot or whatever, and apparently that didn't go over with Hogan. That's when he slapped him with a defamation lawsuit. Uh, and, yeah, like, I don't believe that really happened, or that was supposed to be part of it. Uh, like, I just think it was just two giant egos uh, just
1: refusing S- to, to part. Such is the case in professional wrestling. Indeed. I've never seen so many arguments happening over something that's not real.
0: I know. I mean, man. <laughs> uh, man, that's crazy stuff. Overall, though, uh, with his six reigns over at WCW, uh, because that final one where he technically beat Jarrett and, you know, thankfully wins that title, that, that's not officially part of the the the, the title history or whatever, uh, because Russo would put on an impromptu match between Jarrett and Booker T, where Booker T would win. Hmm. Uh, But overall, Hogan's six title reigns in WCW totaled 1,177 days, making him the longest reigning cumulative champion in WCW history.
1: Because he needs another accolade, I guess. Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) More than double second place Ric Flair, whose eight reigns totaled 501 days. Wow. Second by by more than double. That's crazy. Gosh. And just, just for... Or poops and giggles here, Macho Man's four reigns totaled 53 days.
1: That's depressing, man.
0: <laughs> WCW, everybody.
1: Uh,
0: oh, man. So, yeah, that, that was pretty much the end of Hogan uh, so at like WCW.
1: Another bit of Hogan spin, spin doctoring that I've been trying to figure out a way to insert it in here somewhere, so I'll just throw it on here since we're talking about title reigns. Was like there's a part of that Je- talk is Jericho podcast where he starts picking on Roddy Piper, mm. you know, saying like, "No man, if you were just willing to job to me, you met ma- I would have given you the time. Imagine how much money you would have made and how much, <laughs> uh, how many times you would have been champion." Jericho's like, "Really? Like, yeah, I would have dro- dropped the title like four or five times to him." Okay, uh, here's the thing, on how we know that's bullshit. Look, at- <laughs> it's like we go. You look at Macho Man who. History shows, has no problem jobbing to Hogan. Yeah. yeah. He had, had a, a lengthy reign in WWE, but it was marred with Hogan making him look like a putz. And then we go to WCW, where he has one-day reigns at best. Twice. Twice. Both <laughs> ended by Hogan. And then you have Ted DiBiase, another guy who had no problem jobbing to Hogan. And his title reign was not is not even on the record anymore. <laughs> It's so yeah, – I'm just going to – I just wanted to point that out to call bullshit on it because, yeah, no, there are people who are willing to job to you. You just don't want to lose the belt. <laughs> and the story, too, about WrestleMania six, where he finally did job uh, – apparently he was just so happy to finally
0: job to somebody. Yeah. It's like, okay. Yep. <laughs> uh, so let me so, tell you, like, researching all this WWE stuff is very depressing. Hmm. Because it just completely tears down the, the the man that you build up in your in your head as a kid. You're like, yeah, Kong is the greatest, he's the best. And you look it up, it's like, oh, man.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah, I mean, he has a legacy, but he it was on the trail of destruction. Yeah, he so stood tall ways. on the heads
0: of greater men.
1: Yeah, that's quite the trail of tears that leads to those title <laughs> Oh,
0: man. So, yeah, he was just gone from WCW from... Pretty much, yeah, he's, he's just done over July 9th, uh, and you wouldn't see him again in ring action until he made his return, mm-hmm. Malcolm,
1: mm-hmm. at WWE
0: in 2002.
1: Uh, was this at the uh, No Way Out event? Where it, was,
0: brought- it was at the No Way Out pay-per-view. Yeah,
1: uh, well. He returns with the NWO in tow. Uh, with a lethal and- dose of poise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> with Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Uh, who all of them famously all had their guaranteed contracts, so they didn't have to show up before that. Uh, so while that invasion storyline was happening, uh, mm-hmm. like it was basically just—I forget who said it on the on the Monday Night War documentary. It's basically just, I think it was Paul Heyman who called it like the the watered-down Thunder version of WCW that was invading.
1: Oh uh, yeah, yeah, like quite a few of like a lot of the major stars, including Mysterio, Hogan, Hall, Goldberg, like. DDP actually had to surrender that guaranteed contract to wrestle. And yeah, Yeah. that helped out tremendously. Yeah. And I think that had a lot to do with why a lot of the major names didn't sign was just how badly they handled DDP. Yeah. I I digress, but yeah. So yeah, this is about when it ran out. So why not? Let's have the end of (laughs) you on. Um, but I mean, to be fair, uh, this,
0: this whole thing that he started, he started feeding with the rock pretty much immediately. Uh, and this whole thing with The Rock was pretty amazing, I think. Yeah, um, like he just shows up over at you know at No Way Out the following night on Raw, uh, February eighteenth, I guess. Uh, Hogan challenges The Rock to the match over at WrestleMania uh, <laughs> with Hogan and the NWO proceeding just to just beat the ever living crap out of The Rock.
1: It was actually Rock who challenged him. This is after No Way Out, where they cost uh, the Rock the title, the title yeah. unification match with uh, Jericho. Yeah. And
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah that's right. Um, and then yeah, they but in any case they just pummel the rock and they just shove him into an ambulance, which Hogan proceeds to drive a semi truck into three times. Uh, which <laughs> which man, it was, it's it, it was so crazy. I mean, it's like okay, you should be dead, but whatever. Uh, kind of bringing back the whole wrestlers are invincible and shit and,
1: and yeah like it was. Was The Rock even gone the next week, or did he show up next week? <laughs> um, like, I don't think he showed up for like
0: another month. <laughs>
1: okay, okay. Well, that's uh, that's fair. That's
0: <laughs> like uh, Hogan has a match on WWE TV uh, for the first time in nine years on March 11th. I think it's uh, it's a tag match with 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 uh, WO in a handicap match against like The Rock and and, uh, Stone, and, Cold and Stone Cold because uh, Stone Cold was breathing with was with, yeah and- uh, Scott
1: Hall. Yeah, and uh Hogan got the victory. Leg dropped at Rock pinned him in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um and Put this that was... young kid Hogan over.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um and yeah, and this is the go home episode of uh of Raw before WrestleMania. Uh on March seventeenth, two thousand and two, uh was over what Was it like sixty seven thousand people stuffing the, the, the skydome in Toronto? Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, for all for all that for all that stuff in between, it's like that, this is one of like this is one of, like, Hogan's, like, most prolific matches, I think. It's, like, it's crazy how much fun it is to watch this thing.
1: What What's interesting was you didn't really go in. I didn't, I don't think anybody went into this knowing how big it was going to be.
0: Yeah, I know. I mean, because, you know, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, like, we know, like, it's the first time that they stuff a giant stadium uh, in a long time, full of all this, like, so many people. But, you know, people, like, Rock had been, you know, he spent so many years building up himself up as, like, one of the biggest faces in the company's history, and then Hogan comes out of nowhere, and then within months, he's already in the main event, or not the main event, but one of the top matches at at Mania. Um, And the crazy thing, too, is that, obviously, Hogan was built up as this giant heel, and, like, attempted murder is as heelish as you can get. (laughs) So he had, like, the ultimate, like, heel heat going into this match, and, and Rock was this giant baby face, and then going in, people end up realizing what's happening in the middle of the ring, like, holy shit, we're watching Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania for the first time in like nine years since versus, he left.
1: Versus The Rock.
0: Versus The Rock,
1: and everyone just starts losing their mind. It's like <laughs> that moment when they're like looking at each other. I think this was even on Raw, so maybe we should have seen it coming a little bit, but they're staring at each other this huge rocky, rocky, rocky Chancos. Then it slowly dies down. Then it turns into a Hogan, Hogan Yeah. Chan- like, oh my god. It's yeah. Like, I- I think John Cena put it best when he said, like, with the sound off, this match is nothing, but with the sound on, this is one of the oh, greatest yeah, matches of all time. Yeah, like, just, like, on
0: the on the merits of just being a wrestling match, it's it's okay. Oh, yeah. It's fine. <laughs> but, like, between the crowd losing their mind, like, when Hogan comes down to the ring, uh, like, and everybody just goes bananas, like, holy shit, Hulk Hogan's coming to wrestle a WrestleMania match, and we're here to see it, oh, my God! <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, all right, I guess we're we're flipping the script here. Like, Hogan's now the face, and he, <laughs> Rock is the heel now, uh, and they both handle it so perfectly.
1: I like, forget who was the main event for this WrestleMania, but I remember seeing like a uh, back a documentary from them, and they were like pissed to have to follow. They're like,
2: this "What the version. hell are we supposed to do after that?" <laughs>
1: Uh, in fact, I'll give credit where it's due. I believe what followed this match was a triple threat with uh, Trish, Victoria, and Jez. And mm-hmm. it was actually a really good match, just for the record. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it was like anyone following this, this was like a WrestleMania moment in definition. and Oh, God. But, yeah, it was an amazing match. I marked out hard when Hogan hulked up. I, oh, yeah. I, I was not expecting that. Because, like, like, like you said, he's heel. He doesn't hulk up when he's heel. <laughs> yeah. But, like... Like
0: both, like, like all the credit in the world to both The Rock and Hogan for you know recognizing exactly what was happening in that moment and knowing to basically do a role reversal where suddenly Rock's the heel and Hogan's the the face, uh, despite everything. Uh, so yeah, just just a really, la- just a ton of fun to watch.
1: Now Hogan did lose here, which is he did. Yeah, gr- great, great. I don't consider it uh, passing the torch because, number one, uh, Rock firmly had the torch in his hand at the time <laughs> of this match. Uh, <laughs> you know, part of the passing the torch process is you're helping make a guy. And Yeah, and you can't pass the torch if you leave a company for nine years
0: and return for a week.
1: Yeah, I mean, and don't don't get me wrong. I mean, it helped Rock. It definitely helped Rock. I mean, he be- he beat a legend in a pretty high-profile match, but... Rock would have continued being the man with or without this match, yeah, but yeah, an amazing, amazing match, it's definitely one I recommend, but uh yeah, no <laughs> yeah, so um yeah and and before the match, like Hogan
0: went out to to the rest of his w o buddies to hull Nash saying oh he d- he didn't want them to come out because he wanted to, to beat him, beat the rock himself,
1: beat him on uh, his own, <laughs>
0: beat him on his own, and when he doesn't uh <laughs> he 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 sh- he decides to shake the rock's hand, they become. They can become good pals and whatnot, uh, and this upsets the NWO, and they come out and beat Hogan up, and then Rock comes back to beat them up, and then stuff. That's basically the end of the NWO for after, like, a month.
1: Oh, yeah, they would—NWO uh, just sort of ended abruptly, because you know, for a while, Hogan you know, ter- Hogan turned face again, donning the yellow and red, and they would feud, he would feud with the Rock with the NWO, who would actually get Shawn Michaels as their new leader. <laughs> and they lasted for a cup of coffee, but then uh Hall failed a wellness test unfortunately. And I think Nash got injured again shortly thereafter, and that was pretty much it after that. It was just dropped.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah they're pretty much done themselves, Hall and Nash, right?
1: Yeah, I mean this would that would be the last match of Scott Hall's career as he uh in a losing effort to Steve Austin at WrestleMania.
0: Yeah. So uh yeah, glad they get to come back every Raw reunion or whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, after all this, Hogan, uh, the next month, on the next month's pay per view, over at Backlash, April 4th, 20, 2002, Hogan wins the WWF Undisputed Championship, defeating Triple H at Backlash, his sixth and final reign, uh, winning the company's top prize, of course. Um, interestingly, though, uh, incidentally, and perhaps appropriately, he's the last ever WWF champion. As the company rebrands itself as the WWE in May 2002. Uh, so I think it's weirdly appropriate that he's the last ever quote unquote WWF champion.
1: Oh, yeah, I actually didn't know that. I didn't know the yeah. timing of that. So, huh, that's that's actually pretty cool. Yeah,
0: also just, <laughs> just laugh at the idea of Hogan winning the WWF title in 2002. From Triple H now, though. <laughs> From Triple H. What do you think of that? What, what do you make of that, Malcolm?
1: Uh, I remember being pretty stoked about it. this It was one of those, you know, wouldn't it be cool if Hogan won the title? Because, you know, I was happy Hogan was back. Yeah. And then he did it. I mean, <laughs> to, I mean, to be fair, the match doesn't make Triple H look weak at all. In fact, it's actually thanks to outside interference from The Undertaker that it happens. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Hogan drops the leg, covers tr- that... <laughs> drop uh, the leg Johnny drop the leg and get in Triple H the the man who was burying people as it was back then but <laughs> yeah the barrier jobs to the master but <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh god you have much to learn Grasshopper, Indeed. about burying <laughs> Hogan wins the title and admittedly it's like a what a one month reign yeah he would lose it to Undertaker uh, the following
0: month uh over at Judgment Day on May 19th. So basically just a one-month reign. Yeah,
1: it was, it's, I would say it was like a feel-good reign, just like Shawn Michaels' last uh, title reign, if you remember that way from a while. Yeah, back. definitely. Uh, I will say that you know his time as champion was basically spent uh, you know doing dream matches as he had like a uh, title defense against Ric Flair on a Raw.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which, yeah, hey, 20 years is uh, not <laughs> too late, I guess. <laughs> that
0: maybe they're only... They each only 25 years past their prime, but whatever. Yeah. It happened. And, it happened on a Raw.
1: Yeah, and uh, <laughs> he actually wrestled Jericho in a main event. And, by the way, got absolutely destroyed by Jericho. Like, So it made Jericho look like a million bucks. <laughs> and I bet
0: Jericho just felt awesome about doing that after his years with Hogan and WCW. Oh, <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. And there is, of course, a very famous spot where... Ho- Hogan and Undertaker leading to their match had like the stare down and Hogan was on top of Undertaker's bike because he was the biker taker at this point. and uh, yeah. Hogan was starting to rev it up and he was trying to get it to start to run over uh, Undertaker in this spot, but the the bike stalled out. <laughs> so you see like 30 seconds of uh, taker go, hey, hold on, wait, think about it. Hey, hold on, stop. Think about like, it. Well, like you could just move out of the way now. And even worse, the camera is just stuck on Taker as he just looks like an idiot. Exactly. He could move out of the way. <laughs> so Hogan just says eff it and he just like attacks Undertaker and punches him. It's
0: like just if we could just walk him back into the ring, and would be perfectly safe from the motorcycle.
1: But yeah, at, at the pay per view he jobs to Undertaker, probably as an apology for the whole Tuesday in Texas one week BS right. <laughs> try- <laughs>
0: Like whoops, sorry.
1: <laughs> and uh, that would be it for him as far as being a champion, isn't it? Yep, pretty much. Well, um, well, aside from the thing with uh, Adam Copeland coming later, but aside from
0: that, yep, yeah, well, yeah. Besides that, um, but in between that, he would lose to uh, to Kurt Angle at King of the Ring. He
1: tapped out, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. He
0: tapped out. Yeah. The first making Kurt Angle the first WWE superstar to to beat Hogan by submission ever.
1: Hmm. Pretty neat. Very good, yeah. That, 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 see that? Okay, maybe that I I might contemplate as... Ta- not pa- okay, it's not passing the torch, but still it helped. Okay. <laughs> um,
0: and it wasn't until the next, or a couple weeks after that, over on the 4th of July edition of SmackDown where he would keep team up with Mr. Copeland, a.k.a. Edge, uh, to win the WWE World Tag Team Championship from Billy and Chuck.
1: And uh, it was uh, pretty poetic, as... Uh, Adam Copeland was a gigantic Hulkamaniac aka growing up to become Edge thanks to seeing yeah. Hogan so at WrestleMania 6 indeed it, he, which he was in the crowd and famously pointed out but it, it's pretty it must have been such a moment for him you know te- yeah. teaming up with your hero to win the tag team championships
0: <laughs> uh, yeah i mean and the fact that he was that that's the only time that Hogan's ever won a non heavyweight championship like the only tag title he's ever held. Mm. The only title that's not, like, something-something heavyweight
1: champion. Oh, well, don't forget about the uh, Southern United States <laughs> Championship of Tennessee and South Oh, well, that's
0: Alabama. what I mean. That's still a heavyweight championship. <laughs> Hogan's never not won the top... Like, Hogan's only ever won the top title in his promotion. <laughs> so, this is... It was interesting to see him win the tag titles with Edge on SmackDown. Yeah. How long did that reign last for, by the way? uh, It lasted... 17 days after they lost oh. them to, uh, they lost them to the un-Americans, Lance Storm and Christian, over at Vengeance. Oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was funny, because it was like, the when they won them, it was the 4th of July episode of SmackDown, so, like, Hogan's waving the American flag after he wins, and so is Edge, for some reason, even though he's very famously very <laughs> Canadian. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, okay. it's like, all right, whatever. I mean, I guess he's just excited to be in the ring with Hogan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those why not? Real American is <laughs> playing. Yeah, I, I could be real American for a day. I every, mean... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I just thought uh, the whole thing was funny. Oh yeah, it, it, it was a and it was a feel good moment too. Their finisher was dueling leg drops. As hysterical as it is to see Edge do a leg drop as his finisher, <laughs> yeah, I know. uh but.
0: Yeah. But it was a lot of fun that text.
1: Yeah, exactly. Now, well, uh, what else happens next?
0: Uh let's see. on SmackDown the week after uh, Vengeance, on August sixth, two thousand and two, Brock Lesnar
1: beat Hogan by oh, a KO. Oh god, yeah, I remember uh, that that was brutal. He just Yeah, he F fived him and then he beat him with the bear hug when passed uh, out or whatever. He just killed Hogan in
0: the middle of- <laughs> Yeah, basically just murders him. And this is like uh,
1: the very famous visual where like he bloodies up Hogan. And at one point, he has, like, a palm full of his blood and just wipes it across his chest and starts laughing like, Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, Brock Lesnar is terrifying. Mm. Um, and this very convincingly allows Hogan to leave WWE TV for several months. Oh, yeah, you, you thought he was dead? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he wouldn't come back until the No Way Out pay per view next year on February 23rd
1: coincidentally uh, not to jo- not to face Brock Lesnar. <laughs> <laughs> it was to face The Rock though. Oh yeah, the big rematch. Mhm. Which uh, wasn't as good as the first time, but yeah, hey.
0: Yeah. Um Yeah, and I forget what happens exactly, but uh the whole thing ends up with Mr. McMahon coming out and being pissed and suspending Hogan, mm-hmm. uh quote unquote suspending him and make forcing him to sit out the rest of his contract.
1: Oh god, I know where this is going.
0: Oh yeah. And guess what, Malcolm? What? March 30th, 20, 2003. Oh, wait, for, well, first of all, it's, uh, oh, wait, yeah.
1: Well, first of all, yeah, WrestleMania 19. How do we see? Oh, yeah, uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I skipped that somehow. What an oversight. This is but, actually one of my favorite matches, but yeah, go ahead.
0: Yeah, it, it's, uh, it basically, uh, they build it as 20 years in the making or whatever with Hulk Hogan, uh, fighting, you know, Vince McMahon, uh, because McMahon had wanted to uh, to kill Hulkamania for whatever reason.
1: Yeah, and it was uh, the the whole emphasis of the feud was who made who, which was actually yeah. like a really deep deep thought. You know, like yeah. Hogan because he's employed to WWE will say Vince, but you know it is interesting. Like, would Vince have gotten here if not for Hogan? And would Ho- Hogan, as we see from WCW, definitely not. But would Hogan have been Hulk Hogan if it had not been for Vince?
0: Yeah, if he wasn't given that platform.
1: Yeah, and it was like a, like the build like usually with like the promo packages, it's like this very intense. I'm gonna kill you. Da, 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 da. <laughs> but with the but the video package with this one, it was like this sort of somber music playing in the background, and you hear like these like quotes by both. They're like, "I made Hulkamania." <laughs> it was just them. I made WWE. WWE. And it's like, then it goes into them being friends, and uh, from the 80s, uh, Hogan and Vince like, uh, planning stuff out, hanging out together, (laughs) and then sporadic cuts of Vince bloodying up Hogan, and then going back to being friends, it was actually kind (laughs) of (laughs) tragic. Yeah, it really was. Oh, man. And the match, now, I have to say, I think the Vince matches are very underrated. Yeah, because he he goes well out of his way to make sure that he's, that everybody... Is entertained. Oh, yeah. And uh, while he's not, not being able to, like, wrestle a clinic by any stretch of the match, <laughs> he knows how to make the matches memorable. And, and him and Hogan actually have a really, really entertaining match. And has a great visual, this one scene where Vince goes to the ring apron and pulls out a lead pipe. And you see that his head slowly rise up in this camera shot. With this sinister grin and his face is covered in blood, and it's oh my god, as he's like, <laughs> it's just beautiful. And you know, Hogan cements the victory. I think he drops like three leg drops on Vince before pinning him. <laughs> <laughs> he should be dead, indeed. Yeah, it's like the same thing that Brock did, right there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just as good. Um, but the result of that match after Hogan beats McMahon is that he's suspended, quote unquote, uh, through the end of his contract from WWE because he pulled the tights. But yeah. <laughs> And uh, of course, uh, for about a month, a solid month after this match, uh, we see promos for this mysterious masked character. Who could it be, Malcolm? Well, none other than Mister America making his debut on May first, uh, in, a, in a ridiculous bid to Connor uh, as a as a loophole of the suspension that he against Mr. McMahon. And uh, man, let me tell you, Mister America, what are your feelings on Mister America?
1: Well. I did enjoy the gimmick for what it was and that Steph was like the GM of SmackDown. This is back when the brands were exclusive to each other. Like if you were Yeah. And Steph is like, I got this Mr. America character. And she makes it up like, well, that she got Hulk Hogan, but (laughs) yeah, (laughs) but no, but the idea was that she'd signed this guy sight unseen. Like who could it be? Who knows? But he's, he sounds so great. Yeah. And, Mr. America comes out, and it's Hogan in a mask. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Hogan and, Like, he's still wearing the exact same kind of tights. They're just red and blue instead of
0: white, well, instead of red and yellow. Well, he's got, like,
1: pants, but, you know, he's got the exact style boots, red boots. Uh, he's got, yeah, like... like yeah, yeah, he just...
0: And, and he comes out the real American, and he's doing all the same mannerisms, and, like, the mask has, like, cut up for his mouth, so it's clearly, like, it's clearly Hulk Hogan's mustache. And it's, oh, like, yeah, you can see it. <laughs>
1: And, uh, Steph, you know, as she normally is, is just priceless. When she introduces him, he comes out and they, they don't make it. It's not like WWE is trying to pretend that we don't know who it is. Like Steph sees him and she's like, Oh God, no. (laughs) Yeah. Like clearly everybody knows exactly who it is. And, uh, Uh, and Vince was like, what the heck's the matter with you?
0: (laughs) 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 And the whole angle, the whole gimmick for like two months is that, you know, he's trying to prove that it is Hulk Hogan, uh, yeah, even
1: did like a lie detector test on the air.
0: <laughs> Which is like one of the funniest things uh I've ever seen on SmackDown. Like the whole thing is just this crazy, like absurdist comedy. Uh like, you know, the whole lie detector test, like, are you Hulk Hogan? It's like, no. no. And like he passes and then Hulk, and then Vince tries to strap himself in to prove that like he beat like that he's beating the, the test somehow. Mm. And then like he gets embarrassed by this whole the whole thing is just great.
1: Oh yeah, it, it's really good. Uh this would continue until I, I assume you're gonna say why it what I'm guessing something happened with hogan's contract or something uh
0: yeah, like um apparently hogan uh did not enjoy the mr America gimmick <laughs> as much as you and I did uh because he quit w w e after tipping the the june twenty sixth show that year
2: Ugh.
0: uh because he was unhappy with the direction uh of his character um and at the end of that show uh after the, you know the cameras the cameras are still recording, but the show's already gone dark,
1: yeah uh. Like uh, this is the off the air stuff for SmackDown. Like, yeah, he would like he pull off masks his- yeah, yeah he
0: pulls off his masks and he reveals himself to the crowd. Uh, you know, you know, puts his finger uh, next to his mouth, going shush, like don't tell anybody who I really am type thing. Uh, but you know he'd already quit basically. Um, yeah. So th- and Vince uses this footage on the next week's show uh, for an on air firing of Hogan as punishment for violating his suspension, uh, his quote unquote suspension, even though Hogan had already quit like two weeks ago.
1: But you know what, it was. It was good of them to at least explain it like that. I mean, that yeah. I'll accept that. That made sense. Yeah,
0: that's <laughs> yeah. And then Hogan's just gone forever mm-hmm. uh, after that, and and that's pretty much his last in-ring action with WWE. Well, not for a while uh, until he's inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame the next year at WrestleMania 21 in 2005.
1: Yeah, and yeah, uh, you know, whether you like him or not, I agree with it. Well, obviously, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what
0: kind of ridiculous thing is that? It's like, obviously, you put him in there. Uh, what has he ever
1: done for anybody?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's not, <laughs> it's,
1: not, it's not like you're putting in Marty Jannetty. Well, well, if it's one of those, if Coco bewares in there, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, it is, <laughs> Marty Jannetty's greatest c- accomplishment, getting kicked through a plate glass window. Uh, sadly, yeah. Well... <laughs> Keep in mind, he's a former Intercontinental Champion, too, so he's got that back when that mattered. So is Santino. Santino. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so yeah, inducted to the Hall of Fame. You know, sadly, you could probably YouTube why Hogan shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. There's probably quite a few people who try to make that argument.
0: <laughs> uh, well, Most people are dumb. Indeed.
1: So what happens next for Hogan?
0: Uh, Well, he makes, like, after WrestleMania 21, uh, the night after... Oh at Madison square garden he comes mm-hmm. out on Raw to rescue Shawn michaels uh april eighteenth uh, April eighteenth two thousand and five and they kind of team up team up for a little while yeah they,
1: uh, it was against uh Muhammad, Hassan and Davari, if I'm not mistaken
0: yeah, very uh let's say poorly handled <laughs> uh character feud there
1: yeah uh, Muhammad Hassan was actually really cool i i don't he like was they, and yeah, but
0: then September eleventh happened they're like, oh yeah, you're this guy now it's like oh <sighs> <Okay>. no oh. <laughs> so. Well, at least the less said about that, the better, probably.
1: Yeah, at least he got out of there while the getting was good.
0: <laughs> yes, sir. Mm. Uh, and then you know Hogan HBK would team up until about July fourth, uh, when HBK super kicks Hogan on Raw, uh, and this com- culminates in a match over at SummerSlam uh, 2005 on August
1: 21st. Oh boy, this match!
0: This match <laughs> is amazing <laughs> for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> oh man, it's so good because uh, by this time Hogan. You know, Hogan's back, and he's basically, he's basically hogan it up backstage, where he's doing everything possible to make Hogan look amazing, mm-hmm. uh, even though at this point he's like 52 years old. Uh, but he still wants to look like Hogan of 85. Um,
1: yeah, if I, yeah, if I recall, the way it was supposed to work was Hogan, it was supposed to be like a two-match series. Yeah. Kind of uh, like yeah. Rock and Cena, where one won one match, and the other one won the other match, so it just ended right. in a draw.
0: Yeah, basically, Um, and HBK's camp or HBK basically says that you know there was supposed to be a rematch, uh, like I think the following month, Mm -hmm. uh, but Hogan backed out, uh, and and that caused HBK to comically oversell everything that Hulk Hogan did (laughs) uh, in like the most sarcastic wrestling match performance I've ever seen. Uh, And like It's It's so much fun to watch But clearly Hulk Hogan is clearly pissed off At everything happening He's like What are you doing (laughs) Uh, You giant horse's ass But it's like But like Oh man There's just so much If ever there was a
1: way To peacefully protest something I would say This is it right here I mean
0: Yeah basically My favorite uh, was
1: when Hogan hits the big boot (laughs) Hogan Michaels falls down Gets hit so hard That he rolls back up Bounces off the rope And falls back down again
0: (laughs) Oh man, let me tell you. If you've got the network, just pull this thing up. It's the main event. It's the last match of yeah. of SummerSlam 2005. Legend uh, it, versus
1: Icon. It was quite a big deal.
0: Yeah. Um and yeah, it's just 20 solid minutes of 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 HBK just straight up trolling Hulk Hogan. <laughs> um you and know, as as Hogan would tell it that he says that he was happy to have that rematch later, but he he canceled it after uh that match at SummerSlam, which uh you can believe wherever you want the printing because they're both
1: kind of big giant jerks in their own special way I, I was yeah I mean I would side with Michael's in this case because yeah this definitely is, this is after he became significantly less of a douche <laughs> indeed so so yeah the whole thing is just a hysterical watch just to see yeah some. it is
0: yeah like it is one of the funniest things I've ever seen um, like <laughs> I just can't get over how crazy that whole thing is Like uh, it is absurd It is literally absurd Ah uh, man, so I mean that happened And Hogan stays off WWE TV again for about another year Until July 15, 2006 When he shows up on Saturday night's okay. main event
1: Oh but, by the way Did you uh, see the joke about it That A uh, joke about that match uh, that they did on Raw? Uh, when? Oh, when they're doing the Legends panel with uh, Michaels, Hogan, and uh, Ric Flair. And uh, Hogan starts getting in Michaels' face saying, Well, I think you're wrong, brother. And then Michaels stands up and is like, Oh, yeah? You know, I'm getting sick of you riding me. You want another piece of this like in 2005? <laughs> and then Hogan's like, You don't want that match to happen again. And Michael's like, Yeah, you're right. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Oh God. But I I'm sorry. Saturday night's <laughs> I main event.
0: Yeah, the following year. Like after that, like Hogan just was on a plane elsewhere after after SummerSlam. Um not to be seen until Saturday night's main event the following year, july fifteenth.
2: Hmm.
0: Where he where he's challenged to a match at Summerslam by Randy Orton, uh, surprisingly politely. Uh like just kinda says, Hey, you wanna wanna wrestle a match at Summerslam? They kind of agree to it. They're like, Okay. Uh and then later in the night, uh, Hogan catches Like, uh, <laughs> catches Orton, like flirting with his daughter or something backstage in the parking lot or something. Yeah. And then, and then Orton RKOs him on the trunk or the hood.
1: It was actually yeah. a really nice, uh, RKO spot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right. Yeah. Uh, so that's that. So that set up the match at SummerSlam, uh, in 2006, where Hogan, uh, wins clean over Orton. Yeah. Get the boot and the drop.
1: Uh, I will say this, uh, Randy Orton hits the RKO, and Hogan doesn't kick out of it. He actually puts his foot on the rope, and then, like a minute later, while uh, Orton's arguing with the ref about saying it was three, then he starts hulking up. So, uh, credit to Hogan. He uh, he didn't make the move look like garbage, like he did countless other moves. You know, he <laughs> right. he actually sold that that he was lucky because that move would have beat him if uh, if he was in the middle of the ring. So yeah. good on him.
0: Yeah, indeed. I guess. Hmm. And that, there, is Hulk Hogan's final WWE match.
1: Oh my god, it is, isn't it?
0: It is. Wow. Yeah, after that, Hogan will just shoot off over to TNA. Total non-stop action wrestling.
1: Yeah, where the, the... If there was ever a... Uh... If there was ever evidence going against the case that, you know, it wasn't Hogan who makes a federation, this would be, like, the explanation point on that case.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely.
1: Because th- um, they followed everything he said. They went from six sides to four sides. They went on Monday nights against Raw. Oh, that ended quick. <laughs> <And> they, <laughs> a poor decision to say. The least. Mm-hmm, they brought on a ton of, their, ton of Hogan's friends. And in the end, it just didn't work. And we got, like, a... You know, we got a fa- we got a heel turn, we got a face turn, and then before you know it, Hogan was gone again. I mean Yeah,
0: he was just in there kind of just jacking stuff up, basically. Yeah. Uh as first he started as what, like Dixie Carter's business partner, quote unquote, and then became the general manager or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, like I I'm not yeah, TNA just not something I've paid a lot of attention to over the years.
1: Uh yeah, the less said about it the better. Yeah,
0: really. <laughs> Um, and of course, Hogan would return to WWE yet again this year, 2014, uh, this time in an ambassador role, uh, following the launch of the WWE Network in February, uh, 2014, and serving, of course, as host of WrestleMania 30, uh, where he introduced the entry to the giant Memorial Battle Royal, um, which is fun. We know Hogan didn't yeah. have anything to really do with it being fun, but...
1: Yeah, and, uh... Yeah, I thought I liked the winner of it, but much like losing to Hogan, he was quickly forgotten after the
0: match. (laughs) Yeah, that was was weird that that happened.
1: Um, Um, But I I, I do like him in this ambassador role. I mean, there's still plenty of people that when they think WWE, they think Hogan, so it's kind of perfect.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'd be nice if they had him do, I don't know. It's just weird to see him just come out. To show the network every now and then and then not even call it the network correctly, like he'll call it the WWE Universe in ref- reference to the, the network. Mm. Uh, so it's like, yeah, maybe at least give him a script or something <laughs> every now and then to do that. <laughs> um, and Hogan being Hogan, he's still pushing for one last match. Uh, he, apparently, uh, he said that he was campaigning to be included on John Cena's team at Survivor Series in 2014. <laughs> this past. Um, obviously, that didn't come to fruition. Thank God. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he's currently pushing for a match over at WrestleMania 31. And, of course, he still wants one last title run, uh, but I'm not so sure that he's going to get either of those things.
1: No, because... All right, he's in such a way like... I, I don't know if you saw him, you know, wrestle, quote-unquote, in TNA.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it, it was it's really depressing, because... <laughs> He is his body is in such a way he has so many pat, so much padding around him both on the front back and legs he looks practic and they're all colored red he yellow and red he looked like Iron Man in that. <laughs> well, now I kind of want to see that. Oh god, it, 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 <laughs> it was not cool, man. It was oh gosh, but you know the you know Jericho of course makes the point. Yeah, all you need to do is throw some punches and a big leg, and I mean he can't do the leg drop anymore. Like it would do too much damage to his back yeah so uh, uh, but anyway yeah uh, for better or worse that's the Hogan history we apologize if we sort of skimmed here and there especially on the TNA one but the TNA one it's it's fine it's so
0: inc- it's so inconsequential
1: <laughs> yeah it's like they TNA they knew less what they were doing than WCW which does a lot and I don't know if you guys noticed, but we've been talking for four hours now, and uh, <laughs> it's a long history. My gosh!
0: Yeah, we'll like uh, like we'll split this up into two different episodes: a part one and part two. Uh We'll cut it off at the WCW thing, mm. Uh and then yeah, we'll cut it off at WCW, and then you can. It'd be more digestible for people that way, exactly. for you guys. I hope.
1: Well, they've already they're already seeing it right now. So. <laughs> yeah, you've already
0: digested it, so. so. <laughs> All,
1: right. All right. So. That's the history folks of Hulk Hogan, for better or worse, yeah, so let's talk about his impact uh on the company uh well, needless well, to say, yeah. if it wasn't for Hulk Hogan it'd be questionable if wrestling would be where it's at right now,
0: yeah because uh yeah, he came in pretty much right at at the right time, really uh when he joined a w a uh like around that time like the the territory system was kind of falling apart, uh and he was able to spring along a w a until he got that shot with WWF mm. uh, and you know from there you know it just shot like a rocket
1: I mean there's a lot of questions uh, like if uh, it comes to if Hulk Hogan wasn't around would Vince have been able to achieve his vision of uniting the territories would there be a Wrestlemania and would it have been successful would wrestling even be in the mainstream at all and the answer I'd have to say is no on each one and I mean, is, uh Vince, don't get me wrong, is a lot to do with why WWE is where it is. But if he didn't have that rocket that was Hulkamania, I don't know if he would have had the power to do it.
0: Yeah, like I mean, I I, I probably think he would have tried at WrestleMania. The first WrestleMania probably still would have happened, but mm. it definitely wouldn't have succeeded (laughs) at least to the degree that it did
1: yeah keep in mind they only got mr t because hogan knew him from the set of rocky three so they yeah yeah a lot of the star power that was from that main event wouldn't have been achieved and uh hogan carried the company you know granted he was with an iron fist but he carried the company for (laughs) nine ten years well no even more if you count the pre-wrestlemanias so yeah yeah, I mean he and he drew like the even when he was declining, he was still drawing good numbers and merchandise. So,
0: yeah, and you know at the WCW, um he probably yeah like he that the whole thing with the NWO like like one of the most prolific heel turns in wrestling history was creating one of the most prolific factions in wrestling history, oh, yeah. uh, and you know carrying one company against another during the golden age of wrestling basically at the very height of its popularity that's 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 no accident
1: oh yeah and so and a lot of changes i think to wrestling you know i think inadvertently has to be thanks to hogan like keep in mind hogan was a product of his time granted he as we've shown he's using political power to keep himself in power for the longest time but that was just based on the system the way things were that's how you did things he grew up in an era where if you wanted to keep yourself strong you had to be underhanded and yeah. in hindsight I'd have to say that uh, the rest like Vince especially and his company had to look to themselves and say like okay maybe that shouldn't it shouldn't be this way anymore maybe there yeah. has to be some way of changing and uh, it has like if you look at like even De- uh, Hulk has commented you know working the WWE is extremely easy because everyone Gets along well. It's a team effort. It's no longer a group of uh, cooks trying to make a dish. You know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and so to say he's helped make WWE and wrestling in general what it is today would be an understatement. So it's like we said, he deserves to be in the Holly, uh, Hollywood, the <laughs> WWE Hall of Fame at the very least. Oh, definitely, for sure. All right, so we have expl- He's very important, as to say, to the culture. So, <laughs> what are so matches we should recommend to uh, the people to to watch, Joe? What are some of yours?
0: Um. Well, I think let's see. Do you want? You mean just from what I covered, history wise, or just in general?
1: Yeah, I, I guess in general, like anything that you could think of, that would be good uh, to watch from the Hulk Hogan era.
0: Um. Well, on the uh, stuff on the, that you would find on the WWE Network. Um, I guess I'll stick to my half of the of the things. Okay. Um, you want like me to go first the, then, or?
1: Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, well, most of the WrestleMania main events are really good ones to see. Uh, I would especially give the nod to uh, Hogan versus Macho Man at WrestleMania Five, a, a very fantastic match. You really got, you know, Savage was really good at making it seem like he wanted to kill the guy, so it puts (laughs) a lot of emotion into the match. Uh, Same with his match with Warrior. I mean, if you're not a fan of, like, traditional WWE style, this might not be one for you, but if you can just lose yourself in the fact that you're seeing, like, two of the most overfaces of all time go head-to-head in a clash where you went into that match, you had no idea what was supposed to happen, because it was literally something you don't—that that isn't supposed to happen, and that's two faces facing each other. Yeah. Like, like now, that happens like every other Raw, but, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but back then, it was like it did not compute. But, yeah, that was a fantastic one. Um, let's see. Uh, a lot, any of his stuff with the Mega Powers, uh, including the match with Savage and the Mega Bucks, uh, I enjoyed quite quite nicely, actually. Now, what event was that? Uh, That was SummerSlam 88, I believe. And 89, I believe, was uh, the one with uh, Beefcake and Zeus and Macho Man. So, and some really good ones there. And there's like a long string of uh, matches where he he main events, uh, Saturday night's main event. There's an especially good one, uh, I forget. I forget which date, but the in the description it'll tell you right there where he takes on Terry Funk, which was actually a really nice back and forth between the two. And yeah, let's see. Like off the t- and of course uh not to steal one from Joe, but uh that mo- but that match with Rock is really good too. The first one at eight WrestleMania yeah. eighteen. Uh, let's see here. And if you can find it, just for the novelty of it, uh, check out some of his stuff from Japan, especially his, uh, match with Antonio Inoki. Oh, yeah. Which, uh, that, that was a tremendous shock because, you know, gaijins or foreigners didn't actually get that, didn't actually beat Antonio Inoki.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely.
1: Oh, man. But anyway, uh, what are some of your picks, buddy?
0: Uh, let's see, I'll... Since you dipped into my pool, I'll dip a little bit into yours. I, I think you should watch WrestleMania three. That match against uh oh, Andre the Giant is tremendous. Even though, like, like a lot of these matches are, you know, Hogan uh, basically just putting up a show more than any sort of wrestling clinic. But mm. you know, seeing like you know Hulk Hogan was basically at the very peak of his Hulkamania, basically, and you know, and Andre the Giant was pretty over as well. Like, fifteen years as an undefeated monster, basically, people loved him as much as they loved Hogan almost. Uh, and to see ninety thousand people pour into the the Silver Dome uh, to watch that happen, uh, I think it's really great. Like all like all the visual elements are there for just like an awesome awesome thing. Like when Hogan just scoops picks up and, and scoops you know Andre like it's a simple scoop slam, but I mean it's still super impressive to watch uh, even even now. So definitely check that out.
2: Uh, mm.
0: I think uh, back on my side of the fence though in WCW, uh, like I mentioned before. Uh, there's a lot of stinkers in there in this WCW run. So it's a little bit more, a little bit more barren. i still watched that bash at the beach 94 match, uh, Hogan and Flair in that dream match. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause like I mentioned at the start of my part, um, it's really cool to see those guys finally, uh, getting the ring together. Mm-hmm. Um, so really cool. Uh, bash at the beach 96 is really cool too, even though it's not really a match. Uh, but you know, seeing that heel turn, uh, it's still surreal uh it's still just really crazy to see the crowd absolutely lose their shit and throw garbage into the ring <laughs> as as you know he professes his hate uh, and disdain for them uh, and creates the MW. it's really cool mm. uh star kid ninety seven is kind of the same way uh, where it, I, again it's not it's not a good match really uh but it's just it's still it's still cool to see you know the crowd pop for first thing when he finally returns uh and you know, it's just cool to see Sting. I guess <laughs> uh, you already said WrestleMania 18. So, if you're if you're if the, you're some sort of uh, Hogan anti fan or whatever, you just don't like watching Hogan. Uh, I would recommend watching SummerSlam 2005 because, <laughs> uh, like, even if you do like Hogan, I think it's still a lot of fun to watch. Um, a lot of people like Slam. Uh, you know, Michaels for being unprofessional uh, for doing it for overselling it to such a degree, but I think it's still one of the funniest. Uh, performances of any kind, wrestling or otherwise, that I've seen ever. Uh, definitely check that out if you want.
1: Indeed. And that's what I've got for Hogan. And I guess, unless you want to bring up any matches he had as Mister America, is it? Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't got. I don't have anything. Like, if you want to watch Mister America, watch.
0: Pull up on YouTube because it's not on the uh, not on the network. I'd look for it. God knows I look for it, but uh, <laughs> pull up on YouTube the. The lie detector test is Mister America—it's really funny. Oh
1: yeah. Uh, also, uh, going on the whole—if you don't like Hogan and just want a face-palming moment—the uh, match he had on with at uncensored, where it's essentially him and Savage versus every single heel in the company, which the alliance to end Hulkamania, which included uh, Luger, Kevin Sullivan, Arn Anderson, Ric Flair, The Ultimate Solution, and. <laughs> The gangsta which was just Zeus, Boy. <laughs> as well as uh, I think it had some other Dungeon of Doom members in it, but it was actually like a triple cage match. Like each cage had a le- had a s- had a floor, Ugh, and it yeah, was both. it was like a video game where Hogan and Savage had to like beat the boss of one floor, get to the other <laughs> floor. <laughs>
0: uh, it's like Legends of the Hidden Temple.
1: Yeah, and the whole match, of <laughs> cor- the whole match of course is flawed because all Hogan and The rules are, it ends when Hogan and Savage get to escape the cage, which means there's no way for the heels to win. Like, it's... (laughs) Like, the match is just going to continue until they escape, so it's...
0: (laughs) Yeah, God. uh,
1: But it's still... It's such a clusterfuck. It's uh, still amazing to watch, so... Yeah, if (laughs) if you got time and need a laugh, it's a great one, too.
0: If you like watching Dumpster Fires, (laughs) uh, Uncensored, what year was that?
1: Oh, gosh. Uh, I think... I don't believe it was the. F- it may- I think it m- actually, I think it might have been the first one. So yeah, check check that out. Uh, also, uh, whether Joe uh, wa- wants to say it or not, I highly recommend that you give uh, No Holds Bar to watch. Uh, <laughs> it's like I think it's just over sixty minutes, so it's like a really quick movie, and it's one of the. It's like I can see this being a good movie to have some friends over, get drunk, and just heckle. I mean, yeah, basically. Yeah, it's a it, it's a fun time. And there's there's so many things to po- like I would love to do a review of this with you sometime, Joe. Just sort of like okay. <laughs> but anyway, that, that those are my picks. So with that, I guess we're done. Yeah, indeed. That's that's
0: that's it. That's the end of our two part first uh first look at uh at one of these guys at Slam University, Hulk Hogan, the Hulkster. Uh, first I want to give a quick shout out to that Hulk Hogan history site that I found uh, that just chronicled all that all those matches because I couldn't believe it. That someone would painstakingly uh, recall the thousands of matches or hundreds of matches that Hulk Hogan's had in his career. Uh, so, a special shout out to that. Uh, but if you want to find the uh, the podcast on Twitter, that's at Slam University. Uh, if you want to go to the website that we have set up where we we can comment on the episodes, it's SlamUni dot com. Uh, again, we'll have an iTunes feed set up, a Stitcher feed, a Pocket Cast feed, and all that. Uh, so not quite yet but soon enough by the time we do another episode uh, that'll be ready to go hmm. uh, let's see Malcolm here he is at PSMalc on Twitter I am at Wands23 as well uh, is there anything here Malcolm that uh, I'm missing here
1: uh, other than you know if you like uh, PlayStation video games uh, check out Firmware Update as well that's also on iTunes Stitcher Radio Pocket Cast anywhere you can get major podcasts
0: right yep okay
1: cool all right all right brother all right so i guess in closing what you guys gonna do when we return next time on slam university